0: If you're asked to do 10 reps, do 11. If you're asked to do a 30 or a 60 second plank, do 31 seconds or 61 seconds. This may sound super silly, but truly, if we adopt that in every ounce of our game, we are going to be able to improve ourselves so much faster. It is the most simple way to get ahead of your opponent. So next time you're asked to do something for a certain amount of reps or time, just add one more. You'll never regret adding one more. let's get rolling welcome back to another episode of when the cleats come off question for you are you trying to stand out but aren't sure how to do it or are you looking for ways that when implemented to your game can help naturally grow it instead of feeling like you're forcing it all the time sometimes it's not the big things the big loud things that help us make giant leaps in our game but it's the consistent little habits that when we adopt, we can actually make the needle move faster. Which is why today I've put together five simple concepts. They're not easy, but they're simple concepts that will help you get more out of the work that you're already doing and help really separate yourself from the average. Because we're not here to be average. If you were listening to this, you know this. You are, you're already listening to this to help you stand out. So we're not trying to be average. We're trying to be great. So let's get started. Okay. The first one is muscle activation. If you don't know this about me, um, in school, I studied sports performance. I wanted to be a strength conditioning coach. So this is me kind of whipping out the nerdiness of kinesiology here, but there's a rhyme and reason. So when it comes to muscle activation, think of it as preparing your muscles for what they are about to do. Think of it as helping you get more out of the first rep or the first swing that you take simply by making the muscles that you're about to use to be primed and ready to go. My hitters do an active warm up with me and they use a med ball and a J band. Now you don't need these exact things. You can do similar exercises without them and get some great benefits from them but we do the med ball work in order to add just a little bit more pressure into the muscles to allow them to be able to, when they don't have a med ball in their hand, be able to activate their legs even more. And also the J band, we do arm and core strength exercises with them prior to even starting our lesson. This allows them one, time to mentally prepare themselves for the work that they are about to do, and two, get the exact muscles that they are about to use their glutes, their core, quads, and hamstrings, and of course, more of them fired up and ready so that the first rep that we take, they can be so much better than if they just rolled out of the car from their 40 minute drive and took their first swing. If we want our practice to be a good one, we have to implement an intentional warm up. And this is just one that I've developed for them. So good examples for softball hitters would be some sort of lunge. That's activating your glutes, getting that hinge that we try to create when we are pitching, throwing, catching, hitting. That's a really good place that softball players need to be. So some sort of a lunge or a squat to help them get a little bit of strength and mobility in, then sort of core strengthening. Like you can do a lot of things. I like doing plank shoulder taps so we can get other muscles activated as well. Um, and Russian twists are really good to activate the core. And let's add maybe some sort of knee down or full push up to get those arms primed and ready, especially those shoulders. I always say that if you're not sweating before your first swing, you're not warm enough yet. So sorry, Midwest people and East Coast people where it gets really cold in the winter. You might need a little bit longer of a warm-up, but I find that when my athletes do—this is what we actually do in the cage of the 10-pound med ball—I have them do side lunges. So their feet will be wide and they'll go from side to side in a slow but controlled motion. And they'll do 20 of those followed by uh, rainbow slams with the med ball. So they'll have the med ball at one hip. You can look these up on YouTube too. But they have the ball at one hip and they go up and over and slam the ball to the side of them and then grab the ball from the other side and then do the same thing. And I have them do 10 consecutive reps. Normally when they do that, they're breathing pretty heavy. Their their legs are kind of tired, but like in a way to where they're primed and ready to go. And from there, we just start hitting. So it's simple. Like we only take three to five minutes to do this, but truly if you allow yourself to warm up and not only to get your, your sweat on, get yourself warm, but activating the muscles that we are about to use, it's going to help you get more out of the first swing that you take. And also allow the entire rest of the session to be amped up and even better. So think of it that way. But also, this is going to allow us to help avoid injury. And nobody wants to get injured. And so it'll help avoid injury, but also sustain longevity in your game. So muscle activation. Think about it. Use it. doesn't have to be this super long routine, but something that's going to allow your training to be heightened is definitely this. Number two, adopting the one more mindset. You may have heard of this before, but this is all it is. It's simple. If you're asked to do 10 reps, do 11. If you're asked to do a 30 or a 60 second plank, do 31 seconds or 61 seconds. This may sound super silly, but truly, if we adopt that in every ounce of our game, we are going to be able to improve ourselves so much faster. It is the most simple way to get ahead of your opponent. So next time you're asked to do something for a certain amount of reps or time, just add one more. You'll never regret adding one more. And just think about how much better and how much stronger you will be after even just one year of implementing this habit. It all starts with one. Okay, number three, preparation. What are you going to work on? Use your notes from your last session or practice to know exactly what it is that you need to get better at. Don't just show up and do what you think you should be doing. No, if you have a plan, you will get more out of it. Have a to-do list of things you need to accomplish, and you will show up differently. Have game logs where you can journal about game at bats, pitching sequences, etc., which can give you a good idea of specific areas that you want to grow in. Pitchers, maybe that's throwing more first pitch strikes to batters. Or hitters, working on getting on top of pitches because your miss hits last weekend were all pop-ups. If you don't review how we got here, we can never make adjustments of how to get out of it. Now, you guys know I love Always grind. They make notebooks for hitters, catchers, and pitchers, and coaches actually, so you can review your lesson or review your previous game and know exactly what areas you need to improve. Then you can go in your practice and training this next week and know exactly what to work on. I use the hitters notebooks with my players after each lesson and review what our focus was the drills and challenges that we did to work on that focus, what we did well that day, and most importantly, one or two things based on the lesson that they need to continue to work on on their own until the next time that I see them. The point of having them take notes is not for me. It's not for me. I try to make them understand that it's for them to be able to take accountability of their practice and really have a blueprint of how they can get better on their own. Let's say today we worked on our power. They'll write down that that was their focus. Then they'll write the warm up we did to help with their power, AKA, we talked about this earlier with um, activation. So the side lunges, the 10 rainbow slams, and then we did med ball broad jumps paired with 10 swings and did that about three or four times through. Again, every hitter is different, but I'm just giving an example. Then let's say for the next 10 minutes, we implemented the knee down drill. So we did a few reps of that off the tee. Then we did some full swings, and then we carried that over into some front toss. So again, we did some more knee down off a front toss. Then we took some full swings, and then their job is to go write down what it is that they felt when they did this as well. So that's a really good way of owning your swing and also like being able to go implement and feel those things in the future when not when I'm not always there. Remember, your preparation is what leads to confidence, which is why I wholeheartedly believe in not just writing down in, you know, you don't have to get the Always Grind notebook. You can truly just have a blank piece of paper and write down all of the things and the thoughts and the feelings that you had in that lesson it creates more accountability, it creates more ownership, and overall within preparation creates more confidence. Okay, number four, learn why you are doing something. Okay, if you're an athlete who just shows up and you just do what you're told, you're only going to get so much out of your training. Um, So if you don't know why you're doing something, ask ask because if you know why this drill or this challenge will help you, whether it's with hand speed, power, accuracy, whatever, you're more likely going to be more intentional with the drill and then do it on your own in the future. And coaches, don't always assume that kids are asking why we're doing this because they don't want to do it. I used to think this all the time. My ego would get in the way and I'd be like, stop asking questions, just do it but I found ultimately athletes are going to get more out of the workout if they know exactly how it's helping them. And also players ask the right questions, not the, am I doing this right? And just asking because you want the praise, no. Ask the questions of like, what is this truly helping me with? And how can I take this and work on it at home? It's one thing just to do the drill that you're told and another to know exactly how this is helping you. Let's say I have you do the chair drill. If you're curious, you can go find it on my YouTube channel, but it's one to work on leg activation. But let's say I don't tell you why you're doing it. I just say, hey, just go do the chair drill. You're going to go do it over and over and over, and it's going to get boring, and you aren't going to be intentional with your swings after a while. But if before I tell you to do the drill, I tell you what it's going to help with, aka activating more leg muscles to get maximum power in your swing, you're more likely going to pick up that bat, do that drill as well as you can. You're probably going to get into the squat a little bit deeper and do it with more purpose because you know the benefits and it's going to help give you more power. And bonus, you're able to feel a little bit more powerful as well. This is what great athletes are able to do. They're able to do the work but actually know why they're doing the work. And this is where great coaches come in. They're able to help their athletes understand why they're doing it so that they can get more out of it. And ultimately, the ones who know their games the best will outperform the ones who don't. So be coachable and ask the right questions. One of the most overlooked skills of the game is the power of owning your skills. And the best way I found myself and my athletes to do that is by having a specific place to jot your thoughts and feelings down in one place. And yes, that includes emotional and physical feelings of your swing, your throwing motion, et cetera. Of course, it's possible to have an empty notebook to find the insane benefits of journaling, like you're 42% more likely to remember something when you write it down, or the ability to de-stress by organizing your thoughts. But if you're anything like me and need an organized notebook with prompts specific to the things that I'm learning and working on, then I encourage you to check out the Always Grind 365 notebooks. My hitters use the hitters notebook for when we're in the cages together, but they also have hitters game logs, pitchers and catchers game logs, and they even have a line of coaches notebooks to help you organize your game thoughts, write down strategies, and keep it all organized in one place. If this sounds like something you'd benefit from, head on over to alwaysgrind365.com and check out their line of notebooks that will help with efficiency in every area of your game. Feel free to use my discount, AshleyB at checkout for 10% off your next order, or drop my name when ordering in bulk for your team and you'll receive that 10% discount as well. Again, it's alwaysgrind365.com or head to the link in this episode show notes and you'll be able to see for yourself how much I love these and I wish they had them as an athlete. All right, let's head back to the episode. Last but not least, make adjustments on rep number two, not rep number five. I truly do this, and you might think I'm crazy, but I make my athletes do a burpee if they make the same mistake more than two times in a row. For example, they roll over to the third baseman as I'm throwing front toss. It's totally fine that they do it once. Now, if they do it twice, like that should be the trigger to help them realize, okay, that's not working. I need to make an adjustment. And if they don't make the adjustment and they hit a third ball rolled over to the pitcher, that means they didn't make a mental adjustment. So that is when I make them do a burpee. Now that might make me sound really mean, but I will tell you with them being able to pause, do something they don't want to do as punishment for not making the adjustment, they almost always step back into the next at bat after me advising, hey, make the adjustment here and they go do something else. Now that doesn't mean they always hit a line drive after that. What I think an adjustment is, a true adjustment, is being able to try something different, okay? So if they're rolling over to the third baseman, I like to always cue, let's try to drive something over the second baseman's head. This is for a righty, obviously. So when they make the adjustment and try to change it, and they hit the ball to the right side of the field, or they change their mindset, they always end up with something better than the result that they had previous, So I always say that the best players are able to make quicker adjustments, and this is a simple way you can separate yourself. Instead of waiting for rep number five and doing it on rep number two, you are now holding yourself accountable earlier on. And the quicker you can make adjustments in practice, the quicker you're going to be able to make adjustments in games. Develop this discipline and get serious about it. And watch this carry over into games, not only from just at-bat to at-bat, which is important, but from even pitch to pitch. For example, hey, I just popped up that inside pitch, and I didn't quite get it out in front of me. Okay, I'm going to make sure I get this pitch out in front, and I'm going to try to drive it up the middle. You make that adjustment from pitch to pitch, and watch your overall game, and your overall weekend, and your overall summer be so much more fun because you're playing this game in your head of making adjustments. So again, make sure you're making adjustments in practice. You're going to find yourself making those adjustments in games and you're going to love it. All right. I added a bonus just because this whole like nerdiness of kinesiology is like in my brain right now. We need to stretch. I, I literally wrote in my notes, freaking stretch. Not many of us are doing this, and ultimately, a lot of us are getting injured because we are not stretching after working our bodies out really hard. So please listen up. Think about a practice or a workout when you're using your muscles and wearing them out. They're tired and now they're clenched up because you just worked them really hard. Like your muscles are clenched because you just tried to you know, work on your power all day that's great and awesome. Well, think of stretching as you stretching your muscles back to their original position. So if we overwork ourselves and our and our muscles are clenched and we don't truly get to lengthen them once again, they're going to keep clenching, keep clenching, keep clenching. And all of a sudden our body and our alignment is out of whack and that could lead to injury. So even if it's just five minutes, please stretch please do it. Not only will your body thank you, but your future game will truly thank you. So if you're constantly training hard and stretching, you're going to get way more out of your practices, way more out of your games. And ultimately, you are going to become a much better athlete than those who do not stretch. So yes, all of us stretch before practice, right? But if you implement stretching after practice, after games, the longevity of your game, is going to be so much better, so much better. Now, here's some advice: Do not start with all six of these at once. Okay, um, I do think the stretching thing should definitely start from day one, but I do believe that over time you should implement all of one of all of these. But habits don't stick if we try to throw everything all together at once. So, my advice is choose one and. At add the bonus, the free, the stretching, okay? Add the stretching for sure. But choose one other that you think will be the biggest needle mover right now in your game and start with that. If I were to take this list and apply it to my own life, which I will, I would personally start with the preparation part. Now, my game days aren't like your game days anymore. So my game days are like podcasting and doing interviews and clinics, So I find that when I am more prepared, I am a better podcaster. I am a better listener for interviews. I am a better coach when I show up and I have a specific game plan that I'm trying to attack. So I'm going to emphasize the preparation piece first. And when I develop a good system and I feel really, really good about it and have developed habits that are just, you know, they just happen um, on their own, then I'm going to going on to the next thing. So wherever I'm at, once I feel really comfortable with the preparation piece, then I'm going to open up into you know something else. So I want you to do the same. Analyze your game. Where are you right now? Which one of these feels like the most uncomfortable thing out of all of them? That's probably where you should start. So analyze where you're at, see where you're at at this point in time, go implement one of these five things and also the stretching, (laughs) and watch your game flourish. Watch it flourish, but you have to go all in. I'm not saying that if you jump into making adjustments from rep number two to rep number five, and you do it once, it's going to stick. No. It has to be something where you are all in on that specific one, and once it starts to happen without you even realizing it, that's when you're ready to move on to the next. I highly advise this is an episode that we should be saving and looking back at either monthly or even yearly, because we all need a little accountability and check-in from time to time. So if this was a beneficial episode, make sure you save it. Remember, without preparation, we have little confidence. So start making small adjustments to your game at a time and watch the magic unfold within a matter of weeks. All right, now let's all get to work. Are you enjoying When the Cleats Come Off? If you are, please make sure you are not only subscribed, because if you are, you'll get a notification as soon as each episode drops on your phone. But also, I would love it if you left a review. It is just about the easiest way that you can help promote this podcast and help get the word out. Thank you in advance, and I am so excited to create more episodes for you in the future. The game is way more fun when we start embracing the good, the bad, and the ugly. So don't forget to stay awkward, stay humble, and keep smiling. I'll see you next week.